We at Refuge Ministries are so blessed by the success of Refuge Freedom Stories and podcasts. In addition, we focus on youth prison ministry, release kits, and many other diverse outreaches to the needs of our community. As a nonprofit, there are many costs involved, however, and we are asking for your support. Financial gifts can be made via our website at www.refugeministriescanada.com or by calling 519-701-0108. Your giving makes this work possible, and we thank you in advance for your support. God bless you. by the power of God. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Refuge Freedom Stories. I'm your guest host, Johnny T. And tonight my guest is E.A. Soklovitz. E.A. is a man who started with humble beginnings, but obviously born with an entrepreneurial spirit. He has become the founder and patriarch of Givers University. But along the way, he became the chairman of commerce at a jewelry store at a very young age, was a millionaire by the age of 23, has also created a thousand acre wildlife sanctuary. He is big into nutritional foods, health and wellness, a podcaster and an author of many books. The list goes on and on. EA, you've had an incredibly interesting life. Thank you so much. I've certainly been blessed. That's for sure. So I'm sure that along the way, coming from humble beginnings, that would have grounded you to a certain sense of choosing to do the right thing in your success. I appreciate that. I live in Michigan now. I'm originally from the Chicagoland area. My father was a milkman. Back then, milk came in glass gallons. They probably switched to plastic because of how many I broke while helping my father on his route. But it was interesting to watch. And I mean, it's certainly a very, an, an experience at five years old, I would help him and he'd get up at three in the morning because the small trucks, my father just had his own delivery. They were all owned by the delivery men. Only the big 18 wheelers had refrigeration. So the small trucks, you had to go chop up your own ice. So he'd get up at three in the morning and with a big ice pick and chop up these big blocks of ice and put them on top of the milk. And you know, what was really interesting, Johnny, was the fact that outside everyone's house was this milkman. It was it was a little box called the milkman box, right? And, yep. and there was a note in there and there was always money. And what was so interesting is that there was always money in the box and no one touched it. Not one time did anyone, that was milkman money. I mean, you didn't touch milkman money, you know, I mean, and uh, so, so a little bit different times, you know, than <laughs> today. And, uh, uh, but uh, certainly very fond of memories and a very humble bringing, you know, upbringing is nothing, probably middle class and one notch under kind of upbringing, <laughs> yeah. if you will. Certainly many fond memories of, uh, you know, my father and working with him on his milk route. That's a blessing indeed. A lot of people don't have that. I come from England. I was born there and I remember the huh? milk truck in England. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, those days are long gone. That's for sure. Oh uh, yeah, for sure. How did you embrace the things that came before you with your entrepreneurial opportunities? They're vast and they're a lot of difference in the different things that you've branched out into. Uh, how did that 
take place for you? I know that you got involved in the jewelry store at a young age and you were mentored by its owner, Sam Robbins. When you graduated from that and you started to move out into other things, did you sense a real purpose and direction? Did you sense your leading of God's hand in your life in the next step to take? I know your university is called Givers and Takers, and, and we'll get into that for sure. But did you sense that kind of direction or like a calling that led you down certain paths? Uh, I really did. Part of it had to do with, I was very blessed with this mentor that you had mentioned, Sam Robbins. And when I met him, I, I was a janitor at the time, 16 years old, just just a little bit older than 16. And my boss at the janitorial service I worked for sent me to show some carpeting for this diamond store he was opening up. And the man offered me a job and uh, I started working for him. When I first met him, he offered me a job and I said, I don't know anything about diamonds. And, you know, it, and he said, uh, well, I'll teach you. And I said, I don't know. I said, uh, I only know two things about diamonds. One, they're really expensive. And two, someday a lady's going to ask me for one. That's all I know. That's I don't know anything else about it. And he said, I'll teach you. You know, And he, he really became the father I never had, even though I had a father. And I became the son he never had, even though he had a son. And it was interesting because with his background, uh, he was Jewish. And uh, he was actually studying to be a rabbi uh, earlier in his life. He, he kept a kosher home. We had many dialogues, if you will, and even while he was mentoring me, and we talked about the Torah and how the Torah, mm-hmm. of course, is the first five books of the Bible, basically, and we had many conversations about that. And, I, and so the things he was teaching me were always, uh, I'll say, biblically based. Little did I know at that point, and I really didn't understand that the Holy Spirit was already starting to guide me in my decisions and, and what I was going to be doing later in my life. But he helped me with that grounding that was so important in my life. Uh, in ways I didn't even know at that time, if you will, because of the conversations, because of the teaching. And and that's why I'm not only an advocate for having a mentor, but to make sure you get the right one, ones that have done it, not ones that I call educated idiots that have all the book knowledge, but they don't have any execution or implementation skills. They've never done it or they haven't lived it. And and I was blessed that my mentor was that way. And so I did always feel that hand. And, and as I look back now after 40 years plus in business, I can see the definiteness of it. I don't always agree with cliches being factual, but a lot of them are. Not always, but some of them are. And certainly, you know, the value of hindsight and being able to look back and see all the dots and how they perfectly connected together in such a way. And my walks to, uh, I call it Jesus's woodshed, the blessings that happened as a direct result of that. And it truly is a blessing. And when people complain about every day or something, I say, hey, just try missing a few of them and then tell me if you've got a problem or not, you know. Absolutely. Every day is a gift. Every day, every breath of life is just a blessing. I'm not a believer in coincidences. I believe in divine meetings. God has a purpose for everything in our life, and he has a purpose for our life. And I know that in your university, you talk about the three I wills. Maybe you could talk a little bit about the the three I wills, and then we can talk a little bit more about your perspective on givers and takers and how that relates back to that strong foundation. As you said, you know, you build a house on a a firm foundation, it's going to stand. Everything in every single course that's at Givers University, all of it, 100% of it is biblically parallel and based. 100%, not even most of it. I mean, all of it. Again, it had to do with 19 years old. I asked my mentor, I said, you know, and he was already, you know, very, very successful. And 
Uh, and I could see that he truly was happy, not just, you know, it wasn't a fake happy and his happiness wasn't a re didn't revolve around his money. He taught me the distinction between the love of money and how that's not good, but yeah. that money itself is not bad. Solomon was literally, in today's dollars, past a trillionaire. The love of money is what's not good. Yeah. Um, and, so, and he taught me those distinctions, which are important. When I was 19, I asked him, I said, Sam, will you teach it all to me? I mean, just teach it all to me. Don't hold back. And he said, okay, I will. He said, but I want one thing from you. He said, when the time is right, and you will know that time, I want you to teach as many people as you can everything I've taught you. So at 19 years old, Johnny, I made a vow. I made an oath mm. uh, that today has actually manifested into what we call Givers University. And he said, you're going to get tackled a thousand times in your lifetime. First of all, get rid of the word failure. Get rid of it. He says, because it, it even sounds eternal. He said, Call it, he said, reframe it and call it temporary defeat because you're going to get tackled and it's going to happen a thousand times. And he said, when it does, you're going to be able to stand up and realize you got it first down. Mm. And, uh, and he said, so don't throw yourself out of the game by using failure. He said, just call it temporary defeat because that's what it is. And the three I wills that he mentioned uh, that he convinced me is that I will never give up, I will keep rising up, and I will always overcome. And all of those things happen as a direct result of the five priorities he drilled in me over and over again. He said, these are the only way it works long term. And he said, these five have to be in order. And I can share with you, Johnny, I've tried them in all the other orders and it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. So I, I'm here to give a testimony to the fact that it has to be God, family, country, business, self. That's the order. God first, family second, then from that country, business, and self. And you know, self is fifth. And uh, I've tried every possible variation of that, and I can share with you that's the only one that gives you really real happiness in every single day and every single breath. It's interesting that uh, you mentioned country in that list. In today's age, yourself being in the States and myself in Canada, there's a lot of unhappy people with our countries. And a lot of that, whether they realize it or not, is because our countries are drifting away from the groundwork that was laid by the Christian forefathers. And because we're spiritual beings, whether we realize it or not, we drift away from God, things get worse. It's interesting that you say country is third. How would you encourage people to embrace and make their country better when they're struggling with the direction it's going in. Well, I can share with you what I do every day that helps me. Every single day, I read the Bible. Every single day, I read the King James Version. And every single year, every single year, I read the entire Bible cover to cover. It's actually easier than most people think. Wow. It's a matter of two chapters of the Old Testament and about 20 verses of the New Testament. And you start January 1st and Genesis 1st and you end up at Revelation 22nd, you know, in, the, uh, in, in December. And, and, and it's only 15 minutes a day. That's a part of my morning ritual, if you will, is every single morning because that grounds me because it's the most wonderful mentoring and everything. That's everything we need to know. Everything. I emphasize the word everything we need to know are in those incredible 66 books written by 40 plus different authors, all inspired by the Holy Spirit. All the information we need is right there. 
It's all there to get into that every day and the ground automatically. We, we learn in there the lessons of countries and what has happened from the nation of Israel and what happened all the way through and is still happening today and what has happened with other countries and when Solomon's sons didn't listen and, you know, her son didn't listen, I should say. And so there's so many lessons there. What are the right things to do and what are the things we shouldn't be doing? So that's really what I do. That's how I do it every day. A friend of mine, he shares a lot of his music with us. And one of his songs is, you never go wrong doing right. Isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? And again, as a part of those lessons, and and I just shared, the next thing I share with you is just really only because I just completed it. And I, I made a vow that in 2016, that I would fast 40 days and 40 nights mm-hmm. once a year for seven years in a row. This year was my seventh year. And, and March 12th, and today is March 17th. So March 12th, I finished my seventh year of 40 days, 40 nights of just liquids. And, and of course, and I know what I'm doing and you know, I've researched it, et cetera, but the Bible talks about fasting. Again, Jesus clearly says when his disciples go to him and they question him and say, why couldn't we get this demon out? And Jesus clearly says, for yeah. these, you need both prayer and fasting. And so there's a supercharging that goes on, if you will. Uh, and we have a fast that we do every, the first Saturday of every month. We just chose it, chose that day. We do a one-day fast. You know, we're probably pretty close to 100 now that we've done in a row. You know, once a month on Saturday, the first Saturday of each month, we do what we call it the giver's fast. And for 24 hours, we, you know, we fast and just have liquids for 24 hours. And to give our body a rest and spiritually and all the benefits, they've been proven medically and physically. And But the spiritual benefits are so much greater and so much more important when we live our life the way it needs to be lived and and doing the things that need to be done in the right way. It's extraordinary how we can get guided into the exact right things at any one and all times. I remember years ago working as a youth pastor, we did World Vision 40-hour famine. You know, which is fasting for forty hours with a bunch of young people, and yeah, awesome. I, yeah, and it's uh, it's something that that I practice myself, and not as regularly as you do, but I'm certainly encouraged to fast a little bit more. Your bio talks about your nutritional things and how it's built on like a divine code. And I was interested that you said Mr. Robbins was a diabetic because I have type one diabetes. I've had it since mm-hmm. I was 33. I'm 61 mm-hmm. now, and God's been gracious to me to maintain my my organs and things. And, you know, I still have all my fingers and all my toes and you know what I mean, but I'm interested to help our listeners understand what you mean by that, because obviously the Bible clearly is the truth, no matter what the situation, no matter what the health issue is, no matter what. And so my guess is that you have found some principles in the word that you've applied to your nutritional endeavors. Yes, for sure. And uh, and, and as a, an interesting thing that helps me with reading the Bible is that every year I pick a word and every place I find that word in the Bible, I underline it. And one of the years I actually underlined every single number in the entire Bible, cover to cover, every time there's a number. And, and what's interesting is that, and this year I'm doing holy. Everywhere the word holy appears, I underline it, right? Uh, and then last year it was because. 
It was interesting to see because, because there's always, you know, this is because, right? So every time there was a because I, in the whole Bible, I underlined it. And what happens is it, it pulls my attention and, and look at it from a, a maybe a little bit different perspective. And, and, and certainly we could read that, the book over and over again and still, you know, not scratch the surface. But there are numerical sequences that are very deliberate. And the Bible has hypothetic structures all through it, basically the number seven. The numbers are very, very important and very, very specific because God isn't general. He doesn't make mistakes and everything's by design. And also I was fascinated in high school by something called the Fibonacci sequence and and, and how it appears everywhere. I mean, I can, I can show you the Fibonacci sequence in trees, in a blade of grass, in flowers, in plants, in fruits. Our DNA code, the Fibonacci sequence is in all of that. So we actually use the Fibonacci sequence and the divine code and basically put them together and use that as a wellness panel in actually a food line we're bringing out in the fall. Oh, wow. We're very excited about that because who can deny the Fibonacci sequence? That's in all life. We're very excited about doing that. and It's going to impact a lot of lives and in a very positive way. And Sam was, a, as you mentioned, a diabetic, and he shared with me what it was like to grow up during the Depression. And he said for some of their meals, they actually ate cardboard. Mm-hmm deficiencies were were quite extreme and and unfortunately you know uh, he went home early as a direct result of that and uh, uh, but still it, it set the stage into what Gibbers University in the future with the introduction of uh, the world's only foods that have all the nutrition in it and you never have to take vitamins again as long as you live it's being put in the food specifically and all within that Fibonacci sequence and the divine code uh, built together. We're very excited about that. To touch on just, which is a really important part that I, I want to share with you listeners. If I was to say the one word that we teach at Givers University, the word is discernment. And it's not being taught today. You know, in fact, I, I think it's almost as though people are being taught how not to discern, let alone be discerning. I say to all your listeners, we love everybody. I say it emphatically. We love everybody. And we teach people how to separate the person who we love from their deeds, which we may not love. Mm-hmm. And we teach people, don't listen to what they're saying as much as your watch what they do. Because your talk talks and your walk talks, but your walk talks louder than your talk talks, mm-hmm. right? Let's pay attention to the deeds. So we teach people this observation skill to watch what people are doing and then by observing them, And we actually even give checklists, look for these things. You may want to, now that you see them doing certain things, you may want to pull them in closer in your life or because you see them doing certain things, begin to respectfully distance yourself. Not rude or nasty, respectfully distance yourself from them because if you bring them closer, they're going to make you collateral damage. And I see so many lives that are just impacted in such negative ways because no one has taught the skill of how do you discern in relationships? You know, they would say, you know, accept everyone, accept everyone. Well, I'm sorry, I'm just not going to do that. What if they're doing it wrong? No one's teaching. How do we discern in our relationships? And these things that we have through our courses, we te- it's used in business, social, or even family. These are the ways to discern the things to look for. So when we say giver, we're not labeling a person. They're a giver. When we say taker, we're not labeling a person as a taker. We're identifying taker deeds. We're mm-hmm. identifying giver deeds. And we teach people, these are the things you watch for. These are the deeds you look for. And then from that, that will help you discern 
who you should have in your life or who you shouldn't. In the political world, these are the same things we should be discerning when we vote. Who are our leaders going to be? What are you seeing them do? Don't, let, don't listen to them tickling your ears. Pay attention to what they're doing and observe that. And, and we even have checklists that help people do it. We teach people how to discern which people they should pull in closer to themselves because a giver will always bring with themselves wisdom, wealth, and wellness. By contrast, a taker will bring with them the three Ds, which are defeatism, disruption, and destruction. And we teach people how to discern their deeds and from their deeds make that decision. Should we pull them in closer or should we respectfully, not rude or nasty, just respectfully distance ourselves? We love everyone, but there's some people until they get their act together or until they're saved properly or until they're doing the things they need to do in their life. And, and we can tell it's all manifest by watching their deeds. And uh, we teach people, observe what they're doing, begin to discern in your relationships, and then watch how it impacts your life, because it is astonishing. We've interviewed quite a number of people that have come through some difficult relationships and things like that. And you're so right about not judging the person or not looking at the person based on who they are, but on what they do. God is no respecter of persons. We know that. For sure. So, So we need to... We need to have that discernment to to look at their heart and see where they're really coming from. And if they're struggling with something that's causing them to do those divisive or debilitating things or something, then we can help them because we can look at them through God's eyes. That's right. D-A-T-A. It's an acronym. stands for Declare and Turn Around, which, by the way, that's what repentance is. <laughs> not just not Not just saying it but actually doing it. You can tell when someone's repented by their deeds and that they have turned around. That's what repentance means. So we actually call data reset, declare and turn around as a way, and this is how you can become more giverish in those instances, if you will. Right, Jesus said himself, go and sin no more, right? Right, that's right, that's right. If somebody wants to find out more about how they can get information about Givers University, where would they go? Uh, simply go to our website. It's giversuniversity.com, plural, giversuniversity.com. They'll see a place to sign up for our newsletter. It's absolutely free. Now, as soon as they sign up, because we're not spammer, they're going to get an email that says, do you want to talk with these people? If they don't respond to that, they get no further communications from us. So they have to say yes. And then when they do, Two hours later, they're going to get the 25 do's, an actual checklist you can follow to help in the discernment of your relationship in a checklist format, very granular. Watch them doing these things. And then from that, every Thursday, we send out one email a week. It's about a five-minute read. Sometimes there's a video clip in it. And also they can go to, uh, and that's every Thursday, and then they find out about us and our courses over time, et cetera. But every week we send them what's called the Giver's Toolbox. And it actually is a, a relationship tool that we give them every week that they can add to their relationship toolbox. And then they can also go to our YouTube channel. Again, just put in, it's one word with no spaces, Giver's University. And then they'll look for a playlist that says how to form your Giver community. And it's two-minute clips. Right now there's 19 of them. We're going to have a total of 21. But it basically, we walk through what's the difference between a giver community and a taker community. And step by step by step, what do you do to form that community of the right people around you that are going to have such an influence on your life in so many ways and many unspeakable ways unless we actually observe it. 
So go to our website, go to our YouTube, uh, our YouTube channel. It's all free. We'd love to be able to provide it and just doing the right work. Let me ask you one last question. We're, we're getting close on our time here. If you're going to leave one thought about God for our audience, what would you tell them? I would say read Ecclesiastes a few times. There's nothing new and that it really is vanity. And, you know, when, when we can humble ourselves before God, that's really what it is because we know he hates, he hates pride. Don't underestimate. Do not underestimate Satan's power. Read Job and see once he gets permission, because he had to ask permission all the time, but look at what he's capable of doing. He can control the weather. It's right there. You know, this is what happens. I call that the worst day ever. <laughs> so I would say that be humble, be willing to learn, and let the Holy Spirit be your guide and know that he's always there, no matter what, and so forgiving, and the grace that we have that we don't have to work for. It's a gift because if we had to work for it, it wouldn't be a gift. It wouldn't be grace. And what a blessing we all have. Thank you so much for having me on your show. And I pray that we, uh, we touch a lot of lives. Absolutely. And it's been a blessing to have you here and, and congratulate you on being obedient to God's direction in your life because you're going to reach a lot of people through that. Thanks so much. It's been a real pleasure. You're welcome. As we say at Givers University, don't have a good day. Have your best day ever. Amen to that. you have enjoyed the last half hour as much as I did. Thank you again to Refuge Ministries Canada for hosting the show. So until next Friday, may God richly bless you with peace, love, and happiness. We at Refuge Ministries are so blessed by the success of Refuge Freedom Stories and podcasts. In addition, we focus on youth prison ministry, release kits, and many other diverse outreaches to the needs of our community. As a nonprofit, there are many costs involved, however, and we are asking for your support. Financial gifts can be made via our website at www.refugeministriescanada.com 
or by calling 519-701-0108. Your giving makes this work possible, and we thank you in advance for your support. That's 519-701-0108. God bless you.